Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from CPAs and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you real results, both in business and building the life you desire. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to episode number 44 of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, brought to you by PJS and CoCPAs. I'm your host, Megan Spicer. Today, we're bringing you an update about the PPP loans and forgiveness associated with those. The last update that we had brought you was recorded on April 2nd, uh, around the same time that it was all, you know, just getting into action. And so today we're here on July 7th with some updates and some some new things to take into account when it comes to what that looks like. Uh, So right now we have Jamie Staley on with us to give us all things PPP. Hi, Megan. Glad to be here and talk about our favorite topic these days, the PPP loans. (laughs) Yes. We, We get a lot of questions and I know you've been helping and holding hands with a lot of clients through through this because I think there's been a lot of not only questions from clients ends, but, you know, we're still waiting on a lot of information. So I think this is this is going to be good for a lot of people because there was still a lot up in the air back in April when we first covered this since it was just getting put together. Yes, there's there's definitely been a lot of changes and there may be more changes in the future. Um, I think. I mean, the biggest takeaway was the goal of this was to help small businesses get through this difficult time Mm -hmm. and difficult times, not completely over, but, you know, a lot of businesses are getting back um, and, and starting to, you know, get back into business and and get rolling. So that's good news. But, you know, the, the main takeaway was we need to help small businesses. There's businesses that had to close. A lot of my dental offices were closed for two and a half months and, Although, you know, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to talk about the PPP loans anymore. And I've heard so much about it. They really have been a huge help for small businesses. Yeah. All of my businesses are benefiting greatly from the money and the funds that they're getting and really helping them get through this time. And so I think the intent was to make this a helpful solution and, and give money with a lot of opportunity for forgiveness and so I think that's why we're seeing a lot of changes. You know, when they pass bills quickly, they're not always completely thought out. They're just originally trying to get money in people's pockets. And right. now they're working to say, okay, like what, what was good about that? And what can we change to make this, you know, bring some additional relief to the small businesses that are, are trying to get through this? Because it's overwhelming for small businesses. If you didn't have a business advisor or a CPA or someone that to help you kind of um, manage the craziness of what you had to do to apply and what has to happen for forgiveness. You know, a lot of people may have just decided it's not worth it. I don't, I don't even want to go down that road. I don't understand it. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we can clarify some of that today and, and um, talk a little bit about some of the changes they made that make it, you know, really helpful for small businesses. Um, And we'll talk about some other options for funding if you're still in need of funding. Good, 
Good. So like we said, we did do that initial update in episode number 29. And if you're interested, you can go back and listen to, you know, what that was and the full PPP program in that episode. But just as a review, what is the PPP loan? Yeah. So the PPP loan is a paycheck protection program. It was rolled out early April, as you mentioned, and it was a loan. It's an SBA 7A loan. So it's backed by the SBA. Most of the loans were get it, you were getting them from your you know, bank that you've been using. Um, certain banks weren't able to provide them, but a lot of the banks were. Um, they were giving you a loan based on two and a half times your payroll, your average payroll based back from 2019. So that's what they were looking at and giving you an amount. Um, you know, they were supposed to, this fund was supposed to be used for payroll, for mortgage interest, for rent, and for utilities mainly. You were able to use it on other things, but that portion is not the intent of the loan. So you could keep it, but that portion would be, you know, a loan if you needed additional funding. And you needed to spend 75% of those funds on payroll. And, um, you know, there was no collateral required. There was no personal guarantee. The forgiveness period at that time originally was eight weeks. And they would adjust your loan forgiveness potentially by how many people you were able to bring back by June 30th. So if you brought 100% back, you would get 100% forgiveness. If you brought back nine out of 10, you would get 90% of it forgiven. So, um, you know, these were some of the things that they brought out, but this was great as, again, like I said, this is giving folks free money to get right. Tough time. So, you know, as much as you're like, this is kind of frustrating, it's still a great <laughs> opportunity to get some funding that you don't have to repay and you don't have interest related to. So some of the challenges I thought, I think that we saw, you know, my clients especially, is that they were required to spend this money within the eight week time fer- period that it was deposited to, into their bank. So as it all opened up, everybody was, you know, rearing to get that money. We need that money. We need that money. And at that time, you didn't understand necessarily that once it hits your bank, that starts the clock and you have. Uh, Okay. For a lot of my clients, you know, that was fine. But some of the dental clients that were still closed, they didn't have full capacity when they got the money in the bank. Right. Right away, you could see there were some challenges where the intent is to give people money to get through this time. But the tracking of it was difficult because, you know, exactly how many people did they bring back and how much were they, how much money was going towards rent or utilities or payroll. And mm-hmm. they were closed for some of those weeks that, you know, they were, you know, using. So, you know, you had to make those decisions, you know, hey, we're going to just do what we're going to do and we'll get as much, you know, forgiven as possible and we'll take the rest as a loan if we need it. But it did kind of, it did create a challenge and didn't really make a lot of sense that it was just the date you got the money. Because some people benefited by missing that first round of loans because they ended up getting money and they got it later when they started to actually reopen. So that was one of the first challenges we saw. And, And there was talk pretty quickly, like that's you know, that's not working for all businesses. Restaurants yeah. down for a month or two. And, you know, so essentially, you know, you wanted to be able to keep those businesses afloat, but taking the money and funneling it and just paying your employees not to work, which seems like a good thing and could be, but it's funneling the money right out of the business. So, right. so it's not really helping the business do what it needs to do to stay afloat. So they are, you know, early, we noticed that that was a challenge. You know, not everybody was going to be able to hire everybody back by June 30th deadline. 
So that was starting to become apparent. Like, yes, we're going to hire most people back, but maybe not everyone. Um, And it seemed when I was working with my clients, there was going to be some small amount that they were going to owe back or have to take as a loan because just the, the workings of it. Again, you know, they gave you two and a half months of payroll, but then only gave you really two months of time to, to spend the money, you know, so they were trying to bump that up to help you get, you know, some rent covered and some other things. But, you know, it just the math wasn't working. I think they really intended, you know, to give you this money and let you spend it on these specific items to keep your your business afloat. So some of those were some of the challenges that were apparent pretty quickly. And luckily, um, government heard that and they passed a um, PPP Flexibility Act. So more acronyms for us, PPPFA. Is <laughs> okay. Change. Um, and it didn't really, you know, anybody who got the money, it didn't really change a lot of that, but it was signed into law on June 5th. It extended that forgiveness period from that eight weeks to 24 weeks or December 31st, whichever comes first. Okay. So obviously they, you know, they recognize the fact that this is an ongoing issue with this pandemic here in 2020. So they wanted to give people more flexibility as to when they could choose to spend that money or, you know, more time if they needed more time to slowly ramp up their, their payroll and bring people back. So that was one of the first um, changes. Now, if you, for some reason, wanted to stick with your eight weeks, you were able to do that. I don't think for any of my clients that really made any sense, but unless, you know, maybe it was a business that was still completely operating, had a full payroll, was able to get that all spent. Maybe they just want to be done with it and don't want to have to reevaluate the forgiveness process. But for almost all of my clients, the 24 weeks really did help a lot because it gives several more months of, you know, rent they could put in there. Mm -hmm. And almost all of my clients are going to be able to you know, there are there was payroll utilities rent, but almost all of them will be able to just put it towards payroll, essentially. And that makes the forgiveness process easier too. like, we're just going to look at payroll, we're going to be able to pull enough reports that cover those that loan amount, and we'll be able to provide that for the loan forgiveness process. Okay, um, another big change that they did make was reducing that um, restriction on eligible forgivable expenses. So I mentioned it was 75% towards payroll. Now it's only 60% towards payroll. So if you did have other bigger expenses, you could put more of that money towards, you know, rent utilities and things like that. They also extended the period for measuring the FTE. So I mentioned before it was June 30th. You were going to have to evaluate how many folks you brought back, compare it to how many you had pre-coronavirus and do a kind of a comparable. They've extended that now till December 31st. So again, giving us more leeway to get everybody up and running, bring everyone back. There's also been some safe harbors put in place so that you're not punished. Say you had 10 employees and you offered to bring them all back, but one of them decided, you know what? I'm older. I'm close to retirement. I just don't want to come back, (laughs) to be honest. Mm -hmm. And that would technically reduce how much forgiveness you can get. But there are some safe harbors built into the forgiveness calculation that if you, as long as you're offering those positions back, then that will count as, you know, as your full forgiveness. You may end up hiring someone to replace that person anyway, so that would probably work out. But there is some, um, there are some safe harbors to help people because I think they were having issues. You can't really force people to come back to work under these situations. So right. again, a little bit more flexibility here to give 
the small businesses as much potential to get this forgiven as possible. Good. They've also extended the maturity date to five years after the forgiveness period. I think originally it was two years. Um, And the deferment of the first payment is now extended. It was supposed to be six months after you received the money. Um, Now it's going to be extended to the date that your borrower's loan is forgiven. So if, you know, if, if you decide to, to go through the process to get your loan forgiven, say by the end of July, you've spent all the money all on payroll you're going to go through that forgiveness process in August after that forgiveness is, you know, so they say everything is forgiven. That's when the loan would go into effect. So if everything's forgiven, you're fine. But if, you know, you still owe 10,000, that's when, you know, the, the payments are going to start kicking in and the interest would start kicking. If, if there's any piece that you need to, you know, still pay off. Okay. A lot of this should really be forgiven with these extensions. So you should have a lot better chance of getting them completely forgiven. Good. Good. And like we said, I mean, this is an emergency situation. So a lot of this stuff, especially back in April was thrown together, but I'm sure there's still some unanswered questions, even with these changes and revisions. So what's still coming up as some questions from clients? Sure. We're not completely sure how we're going to be recording this in the financials just yet. We know that it's definitely going to impact the profit and loss statement. So right now, most of our clients have a loan on the balance sheet, but that one's going to have to go away somehow. <laughs> and so the right. only way is to say that that was income potentially, like other income, almost like an insurance claim income. Like we know it's not part of operations, but you know it's going to come into your income or it's going to be a reduction to your expenses. So, you know, I think from the accounting perspective, it's better to just kind of have it separate as this other income. So it's not messing with payroll because in fact, your payroll isn't really lower. (laughs) You know, it's just, you didn't have to pay for it with money out of your pocket. Right. For guidance on the right way to account for that, um, you know, in the financial statements, but it's definitely going to impact your P&L. So something to keep in mind is if you have, you know, a hundred thousand dollar loan on your balance sheet, that's going to become income. So, you know, if your net income is, seems really low, you need to consider that once we make those entries to kind of clear that, that hundred thousand is going to be part of your net income. So say you have zero net income, think you don't owe any taxes or anything like that. Like that hundred thousand is going to come into that income angle. So something to keep in mind when you're, you know, doing your tax planning and and to, to listen for, to see if there's going to be any other changes um, as far as the accounting impact. So reporting and management reporting on the accounting side is going to be a little more tricky now, just con- taking those into consideration. Yeah, And the other problem too, the longer you take, you know, say you need all the way till December to forget that forgiven, you know, it's going to sit there on the balance sheet and you may forget that that change, you know, that that adjustment is going to happen. Mm, yeah. Um, so- you know, okay. that's just something that if you're not looking at or thinking through, you know, maybe a surprise to you when you're like, wait a minute, you know, what, why am I getting a hundred thousand more into income? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Um, yep. So that's one thing to, to keep in mind. Okay. All right. And in addition to the PPP loan, there still are some other options for additional assistance as well, right? Yeah. Well, on the, the topic of PPP loans, they were supposed to cease the applications as of June 30th, but they have extended PPP loan applications until August 8th. So they just passed that over the weekend on July 4th. There's $130 billion left in funding. 
And so they wanted to take the opportunity to let folks who may have skipped the chance, decided not to because they didn't understand all the rules, you know, didn't have enough time, didn't didn't have people to help them out. They want to give those small businesses a chance to actually go through the process and get those funds if they still need them. So if you're listening and you really wish you had some additional funding, it's definitely worth it. This is forgivable money that their government is trying to provide to help you stay in business. So I, I know some people don't want to take free handouts. They don't want to, but it's it's not a handout that isn't you know needed. Everybody right. is struggling through this time. And so getting some help is, you know, if that's what you need to get, keep your business in business, it's so worth it. So it. You know, reach yeah. out to, to somebody if you have a CPA and, or an advisor or anyone, just reach out to them. They can help you get in contact with the right person who can help you. And it's not as painful as, you know, as it may sound. There's an application process. You pull some payroll data and, you know, provide some information and then, you get some funding. So it, it's really worth it. So there's a lot of money left. They really want to get it to small businesses that need it. So yes, definitely do that. And I know um, I didn't mention this earlier. There are still talks that they may even do some um, automatic loan forgiveness for smaller loans under $150,000, where you would just have to sign off kind of an affidavit like, yes, I spent the money according to um, you know the, the requirements. And that way, you know, again, it's taking that burden off the small business owner, which again, they're not trying to burden people, but you also have to be careful when you're handing out money that right. it's being used in a way that you you intended. So mm-hmm. there's talk about that that has not been officially presented, I don't believe, or passed at all. But it's it's something that can make small businesses, you know, hey, if we can get that, then there's not a whole big process and I don't have to pay somebody to get all that paperwork in line to get right. that forgiveness as well. So I would not be surprised if something to that effect passes. So again, if you haven't gotten PPP funding, look into it. It could be a really great way. Um, There's also those SBA EIDL loans, which are relating to usually injuries and disaster loans. Um, So there was those advances that they were giving out early, and there was some misconception or miscommunication early that you couldn't get an, an EIDL loan from the SBA and a PPP loan, mm-hmm. but you actually can. Um, you do have to be careful in making sure that you're spending the funding on different expenses, but I know businesses have a lot more operational expenses than just payroll. So yeah. you, know, if you can dedicate all that PPP funding for payroll. You can use this to pay outside contractors and, and other things and operations for your business to keep it afloat. So you can get both of them. The EIDL, again, it's the Economic Injury Disaster Loan. Um, it's the SBA who is the lender. The maximum the, the maximum that they said was offered was $2 million. It sounds like they're offering $150,000 maximum because they have so many people that need it. Okay. Um, so that's what we have been seeing. Um, but the interest rates are pretty good. They're 3.75% for businesses, 2.75% for nonprofits. The terms are up to 30 years. The first loan payment isn't due until one year after the loan origination. So um, again, you just need to use it for business purposes. You do have to put your business a- assets up for collateral. Um, and there isn't a personal guarantee unless the loan is for greater than $200,000. So um you know, and like I said, you can't use those funds for the same expenses. So, you know, if you're using those funds through the end of, you know, July or August, then you could use those funds past, you know, maybe the months past that. 
Um, so, so there are options out there. There's definitely other main street lending programs that are just regular loans, but you know, if that's what you need to keep your business moving, then by all means look into it and, and try to get some more information. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for giving us the rundown on what's new with PPP and that, that people can still apply too, because they, I think that's really important for everybody to know yes. um, if you did miss out and know that it's not so scary, that it's, <laughs> it's pretty painless. every day, luckily. <laughs> good, good. 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 Well, we hope that this has clarified some things for you and helped out. And like Jamie said, hop on and apply if you haven't, uh, you know, that money is there to help you. And if you need it, that's what it's there for. So go ahead and share this episode with anyone who needs to hear it. You know, I think most business owners could use this information when it comes to the somewhat confusing landscape of government assistance. So share and uh, we look forward to speaking with you next week. Keep that momentum going and we will see you next time. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.